This week on Reliving the Extreme, we are reviewing the episode of ECW from August the 15th, 1995. Nate Maxson, your host, here with you, along with my brother Aaron. Hello, everybody. Mr. Chad Austin. Aloha. And uh, Mr. Aaron. Lots of, uh, lots of stuff going on in this episode of ECW. Um, the... The, the gist of it is we are seeing footage, we're starting to see footage from Wrestlepalooza, which that Wrestlepalooza, as we discussed last week, is not available on the Cox, so we did not watch Wrestlepalooza, so we are watching these episodes of TV. I don't even know if this Wrestlepalooza is on YouTube. I honestly it's didn't. It's not. Okay. I did. I thought I found it, but it was just some fucking neckbeard did it with his fucking... TK thirteen or yeah, that's, I hate that shit. You're like, oh, this show's on YouTube, and then you go and it's some fucking basement dweller playing it on his PlayStation, or even worse, it's some guy narrating a review of it. Isn't that what <laughs> we're doing? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but this fucking guy has so much time on his hand that he <laughs> he got so much time on his hand. What? <laughs> He, that he was a, able to do a creator wrestler Big Val Puccio. That's exactly what I was about to say. He was <laughs> able to create Big Val Puccio on his PlayStation. That takes that takes all the pixels. It takes all the pixels. Damn, dude, Val. could you get? Could that be a selling point for like <laughs> if you if you're doing a video game when you describe like pixels or a letter or whatever? And you're like, but look at Big Val Puccio. <laughs> Puccio in high definition. That's impressive. Everybody, <laughs> your, pay, your PlayStation is going to run hot, but <laughs> I went. Well, I mean, what's the next best thing? Through, Big Val Puccio in 3D. Three, kids like I went through three bags of pizza rolls creating Val Puccio. <laughs> yeah, my mom yelled at me. I did math homework. Be even worse, he was doing Steiner math homework. <laughs> Dude, some fucking some. Some mullet head sitting at home. Val Puccio eats 33 and a third of a pizza. <laughs> Pie. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Hey, man, I got did, did I show you guys the new book my um my my wife got me for my notes? No. Oh, hang on. I'll try to. I'll just try to see if I can turn the phone around. Can you see it? Can you see it? 50, 50 years of being a fucking legend. Right on. I was going to drop the M-bomb real quick, but I ain't Tony Atlas. <laughs> <laughs> He's black. Yeah, Can it's pretty start, cool, isn't wasn't it? That the name of, wasn't that the name of Lemonhead's autobiography? <laughs> 50 years of being a fucking legend. <laughs> o- only if Marty wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> 50 years of being a bobblehead. <laughs> and then it's before, and then, he, then she wrote like a, she put like quotations like 19, like 80 or something like that. So it was before for- bobbleheads were made. With, just so with a, with she, a forward, can, she can see them. With a forward by Danny Hodge. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going right. to read a little dry. Dory Funk Sr. I don't even know that guy even really existed. I don't know. <laughs> The guy was the guys. The guys built on a bluff like Memphis. I've I've never seen footage of him. <laughs> no, everybody. Terry talks about how great of a father, how great of a wrestler his father was. I ain't fucking never hear, hear, hear him beat anybody. 
He never even beat Mr. Wrestling number three. For Christ's sake. Dory Funk in Rio de Janeiro. No, there's no chance that Dory Funk Sr. was in Rio de Janeiro unless that was a porn star in the 40s. I was in Rio de Janeiro's pants. Oh, all right. <laughs> Good for you. At a club called Miss Kitties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine just um, like how many stories that bar that bar brings up if you talk about anybody, you know, back in, if you can go back and talk to anybody in that time period, because everybody's dead. Tommy Rich, Blackwell, Brody. <laughs> Tommy Rich is not dead. He's dead. <laughs> He's, not <laughs> He's come on, him and the pit bulls. He's close, but he ain't dead. Yeah, he's he's close enough that he you can't ask him about any stories about Miss Kitties. Tommy Rich, seriously, he's been dead for a long time. Somebody, somebody say something about changing my diaper. <laughs> somebody say something about six feet deep. We went to an indie show in this town, though. And remind you, this town only has thirteen thousand people in it, <laughs> and it was at an, it was at an armory. And Nate and I were outside smoking a cigarette, and then we just heard this guy go, "Scoomy," said, "Scoomy," and walked in between us, and it was fucking Tommy Rich, and he walked in and got in like a Ford Escort. It, he didn't ask somebody about um. He didn't walk in and say somebody say something about fired up, and then he asked. No. Um, he didn't ask where where can wildfire get some crack. No, he went out and was like, "I don't think my Ford Escort's gonna fire up." <laughs> no, <laughs> my, my, my Ford Escort's not gonna fire up with all cylinders, dude. I'm telling you, that was it, that wasn't my first time. It wasn't my first time dealing with Tommy. I dealt with with Tommy. In, in the mid 90s but I, I, when he came to ECW and I was with Axel and we didn't even know this but we were like just like a half an hour behind him walked into a convenience store and then this lady's just yelling because like and I mean I mean we weren't we were we were that we were already in the store I'm sorry half an hour in front of him and he walks in and he's yelling, somebody say something about fired up. And then we looked and it was him. And then he asked the fucking girl at the counter, anybody know where wildfire and get some crack at? And me and Axel were looking at each other. <laughs> like Tommy Rich is just rolling into the store. Some, you know, a, a convenience store. Somebody tell me where wildfire and get some crack. And we're, oh, good night. Like you, you know, you know, he was a fish out of water when we're talking. I think it was in, um, I think it was in Connecticut or somewhere up, up you know, in, in my neck of the woods that was not my neck of the woods. You know what I mean? Like up, you know. And there's this fucking guy from Henderson, Tennessee, in there harassing some young lady about where can he find some crack. The definition of I don't give a fuck. No, dude, and I thought I don't, you know, I, I, I use him as my fucking my barometer every day before I lose my shit. What would wildfire do? I just ask a crack. Was you got that, your receipt? By the way, w- you got any crack? 
WWWFD? What would what would wildfire do? <laughs> wildfire smoke. <laughs> Get it on one of those little leather bracelets. And then oh. and then we met him again. We met him again at a convention, and I got his autograph. And he was like, "Where are you going next?" Because he had like all the tables were set up or whatever. He's like, "Where are you going next?" Because I just got his autograph. I had him sign his WCW card. I was like, oh, "I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go get a uh, honky tonk man autograph and maybe a picture." And he's like, "I'll tell you what." He's like, "You don't give that motherfucker your money. I'll give you a free picture and another autograph." And then he was like, "Fuck you, honky tonk man!" and yelled it like across the fucking building. Like, I don't know what his problem was with honky tonk man was, but it was funny. I don't know. You know what? That's that's kind of like a um. That's kind of like a great myth that I'd love to hear about. Like, what is the deal with Hoggy Talk Man and people from that area and that time period? Because you know he's Lawler's cousin, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, but what, you know, and then when he was there, he was only there uh, with Latham. Right. What? 79, 80? And. As far as I know, he never came back, right? I don't know because no, he went to Calgary. So. He went, he, like he left there, and then he went to Calgary, and then he went to Vince. I don't think he went anywhere other than that, other until he went to WCW. Well, you know what? I've never seen him in WCW. Never. He not was, once. He was only he, he was li- he was literally only there for about a month and a half. And, well, he was uh, still on TV, right? Yeah, no, yes, yes. He had he had vignettes, and then he was supposed to wrestle Johnny B. Bad, I think, at a Starcade. And he was told that Johnny B. Bad was going to go over, and he said pretty much said that didn't work for him. And Eric Bischoff said, "Well, then get the fuck out." And that was. Do you blame him? <laughs> no. Bischoff or Honky? Either one. <laughs> yeah. I could see Honky Tonk Man saying that because Honky Tonk Man, he never put anybody over because he never did a job. He never put anybody over WWE. Like what he put the he put the Warrior over, and that was just over um, um, giving him his money, and then he he was gone. Right? He put Warrior over. He put Hogan over. That's about it. I mean, other than that, he put. Did he really put Hogan over? Uh, okay, I'll say this: He put Hogan. He never put. I don't think he ever put Hogan over on TV. But I know they did have a house show run, and Hogan went over him on that. But after after his singles run, they put him in that tag team with with Valentine. And I think every time they lost, Valentine took the fall. I don't think Honky ever took. I'm the telling fall. you, dude, Honky Tonk, Honky Tonk would never do a job. He would just he he. I I the only reason why I bring this up because not only because I did it that I hear the story about it. But, like, you know, being on the independents as much as I was, I was on a million. I played golf with a fucking idiot before. And I had to call him honky. Well, we, well <laughs> you know, we were just playing golf. And I'm like, all right, what? All right, you're up next, honky. And, honky. and I think the people honky. around us thought I was racist <laughs> or something. Honky's under par. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, is the name of the show. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, he he always was like he, he always he always got heat, like even just being like himself and stuff and you know, whatever, man. I guess it it worked for it works for me. So 
I guess. Except I ain't, I ain't, I ain't got to grow the big mutton chops and look all goofy and shit and walk around screaming my long sideburns and my hair slicked back and coming to your town in your black Cadillac or whatever the fuck it was. It was pink. It was pink. Got Peggy Lee. But it's like, um, it's like, was it Bundy? Bundy said he was talking to Honky and how he was talking about Vince and the WWF calling him and like kept calling him wanting to go in the fucking Hall of Fame and nobody would call Bundy and Bundy was like, you were a fucking asshole the entire time you were there. And he's like, I was a fucking church mouse. I didn't say a goddamn thing and nobody's calling me. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, it makes make sense. I mean, uh, we talked about Bundy before, whether it was on the show or off the show. Yeah, Bundy wasn't. He wasn't. Well, what was he going to give a shit? <laughs> you know <what> I mean, <laughs> whatever. He already been through. He already been through what? Oli, Fritz. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's already seen enough. Just let <laughs> let the poor guy just do his shit. And then you got Honky Tonk Man coming around with his, he don't, don't have an upper lip or some shit. <laughs> Fuck this, I don't uh, know what his problem is. This, uh, this episode of BCW starts with Joey talking about, like I said, Wrestle Palooza. <laughs> and I don't know. Would you, you? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Would you guys be all right if I just, this whole thing of Joey going through all this stuff that happened with this. Thing with the gangsters and the public enemy and Sandman and Mikey. I don't want to read my notes. Can we just listen to Joey describe it? Is that okay? I mean, is that okay with um, our podcast um, provider and the WWE? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm using, I'm using it. I'm using it for uh, ref. It's for uh, what's what's the what do I say historical purposes or whatever. Yeah. So it's yeah, Brian Lash's place. Brian Lash does a mid south. Fucking podcast and just plays the entire dude, show. doesn't he? So, lazy booking. And who's the old guy? I forgot his. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. The guy with the suits, Racer Bowden. I mean, yeah, why? Why isn't he getting up some proceeds <laughs> from, from Brian on the on that podcast? <laughs> It's all you hear is Reeser Bowden. Reeser Bowden and Bill Watts. It's just. <laughs> all right, Brian so yeah, that was entertaining. Let's listen to the next thing. <laughs> yeah, that was it. And then we got Kamala. 40 million fucking viewers. What the fuck? But go ahead. <laughs> but yes, for the for all intents and purposes, folks, I'm just going to let Joey, instead of me reading my rambling notes here, we'll let Joey describe all this chaos from Palooza, And uh, we'll talk about it. On the other side, the video, on next week's program. But right here, right now, is a brief recap. Following a confrontation in the ring, the Sandman caned Mikey into almost unconsciousness. At that point, referee Jim Molino stepped in, fearing for Mikey's well-being and career, yeah, and told the Sandman if he did not cease and desist the caning, he would be stripped. Of the ECW World Heavyweight title, the Sandman, of course, did not care. But woman who just loves that gold ordered the Sandman to stop the caning. Mikey Whitwreck was removed physically from the ring, but the Sandman, the World Heavyweight Champion, would not leave. 
he staged a sit-in, stated that he was there to smoke cigarettes, drink beer, and cane somebody. He would not leave the ring. He was delaying the entire card. Promoters had to continue the show. Therefore, the, the public enemy's music rang out, and the public enemy entered the ring to start their stretcher match with the gangsters. The public enemy, the Mac Daddies of Violence, confronted the world heavyweight champion, and Johnny Grunge, point blank, told the Sandman to leave the ring. The Sandman whacked Johnny Grunge with the Singapore cane, and Rocco Rock decked the world heavyweight champion with one punch. At that point, the gangsters attacked the public enemy, and the stretcher matches on. Johnny Grunge put New Jack through a table, and New Jack was stretchered out of the match. However, at that point oh. in the matchup, Mustafa sprayed Johnny Grunge in the eyes with what we think, we don't know for sure, but it was probably Mace. And Johnny Grunge was stretchered <laughs> out of the ring as well. That left Rocco Rock and Mustafa. <laughs> Rocco Rock put Mustafa through a table and went for a second drive-by to finish up the matchup and stretcher Mustafa out of the ring. But out of the locker room comes Johnny Grunge still half-blind with Mace and New Jack rolling <laughs> back towards the ring. The referee and the security in the ECW arena tried to separate them. And at that point, the Sandman attacks Rocco Rock. And Rocco Rock was <laughs> placed Lord. on the stretcher. <laughs> Therefore, the gangsters Jeez. declared the winners and steal another match from the public enemy. But Rocco Rock crawled off of the stretcher and suffered yet another beating at the hands of Mustafa <laughs> and the ECW World Poor Heavyweight Rock Champion, Rock. the Sandman. And Mikey Whipwreck at that point returns to the ring, gets the Singapore cane, and started exacting his revenge on the World Heavyweight Champion. This issue involving the gangsters, the public... That is why I did not want to read... <laughs> Oh, yeah, I wish you would have told me you were gonna do that because I fucking wrote everything down. <laughs> it sounds like my next my next day that I call out of work. I'm just gonna, <laughs> yeah. I'm just gonna play. I'm gonna play this promo. Be like, I'm sorry, I can't come in, man. Listen to this. This is the reason why. But yeah, I had it all like, written down. The, I had it all written down too, Aaron. And I just I was looking at it and I was like, I'm not reading this. It's too confusing. So I just figured I'd let Joey describe it. Good job, Joey Styles. That's why you're the man. Or, or unlike live PD when they pull up and they're like, "Tell us what happened." And there's just some guy standing outside in the fucking trailer court. <laughs> He's oh, it's it, it's always yeah. I I don't know. <laughs> I I just came home from work. You guys shirt off. Gym shorts on, he's barefoot. I don't know. I just got home. <laughs> and, and, and she's going, don't get me started on live PD. Fuck. <laughs> I could, dude, I don't understand why we don't, I, I, why I, I think I do know why we don't have one around where I live. Because you would never go to Richland County or Volusia County. It just would just be right here, right, right where I live. Right, right there in Colgate and Dundalk, Maryland, right outside of Baltimore. Yeah, but dude, there's, there's a whole lot going on, but nothing going on with Joey Styles. Yeah, that whole that whole situation with the gangsters and Sandman and Mikey and et cetera, et cetera. So after all that happens, now Joey lets us know that uh, we're going to hear from the Public Enemy and Mikey Whipwreck, and they do a promo. Um, public enemy gives Mikey a public enemy Jersey 
And as they cut your standard public enemy promo, Mikey dances around behind them. Yeah, and they give him like a they give him like a a hoodie, like you live in the hood quiz. And it's like if the if if New Jack would come up and take your wallet, what would you say? And he's just like, oh, it doesn't have very much money in it, sir, but you can have it, you know. And he's he's terrified of the gangsters, but then when they ask him about Sandman, he says that he's gonna he he'd fuck him up. He wants to get at Sandman, but he's afraid of <laughs> he'd fuck him up. <laughs> I'm terrified of the gangsters, but I'll fuck up the Sandman. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? Sandman and Sandman and New Jack would be a tag team right there. I ain't fucking with either one of them two fucking clowns. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fuck all that. Mustafa, you could just trick him in the you can just ask him a question and confuse him. Where's the nearest Exxon? And, oh, Mustafa! <laughs> <laughs> you know, sounds like you Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> yeah, he's Jar Jar Binks. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much him, man. That's what I mean. Except that he was he was way more of a of a backstage or um behind the not a behind the scenes. He was a quiet guy, like you know. He didn't cause any problems in the locker room at all because he was too busy looking for fucking uh, aluminum foil <laughs> or, or anything you can poke holes in aluminum foil for. So, yeah, he wasn't, he wasn't fucking anybody. But New Jack, you know, whatever, man. That ship sailed on that fucking goof. Thanks for coming, Jack. Jerome. When we after the promo here, we get Joey back talking about how the arena was filled at capacity for WrestlePalooza. So if you want to get into the next ECW show, call the they have like a new hotline set up. They say it's like an express express hotline or whatever. You know, there's no difference, right? It's it's it starts with two one five, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's the same fucking number. It was Tommy Dreamer's house. It was his mom's fucking phone number. <laughs> Can you imagine if you if you had the ECW hotline and you're Tommy Dreamer's mom and you don't even tell her, and then all of a sudden the phone's just ringing like like all night. Hello, you know she's like Janice Rossi. You know she's living in like Yonkers, you know in New York or whatever. So she's got to be a fucking Yenta to begin with. Hello, oh you want to speak to like Jerome? This is Mommy Dreamer. How can I yes. help you? Who do you want to talk to again? <laughs> Puccio. There's no big Val here. Why do I pick why do I picture her talking like Tony Soprano's mother? I, I I've never seen an episode of the Sopranos, but if you're talking about some just old Italian woman, yes. That, <laughs> you know, that stays up all night long making fucking uh, marinara sauce and cannoli. <laughs> yeah, that's what she's doing. Trying to put all, trying to put fucking ten pounds of a of, uh, of marinara sauce and like two pounds of cannolis. I got you. Well, she did that well, when she birthed Tommy. I'm not going there because Tommy still works. <laughs> Tommy still has a fucking job in the business. I ain't burning that bridge. <laughs> You never know. I might want to come back out of retirement and work for TNA. I mean, heaven forbid, nobody sees me wrestle anymore anyway. 
So I can just go to work for TNA and I'd be safe. Nobody would see me. You have to put a. You have to roll up the foil. You have to roll up the foil that Mustafa would have used, and then you have to get a pair of rabbit ears, and you have to put those on top of your TV. Yeah, pretty much. And then you got to borrow some sugar from the neighbor. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and then, you know, that's a whole conversation. (laughs) Why do you need so much sugar? I gotta watch Impact. (laughs) Yes, it's and. You know, how, the, how the fuck do you even watch Impact? I don't even mean like physically watch it like with your eyes because it's terrible. How the fuck do you do it? <laughs> you know what I mean? I, you talk about the rabbit ears, dude. I, I had to I had to run a cable from my neighbor's house because he's from like Pakistan and he had some illegal cable hookup. That's the only reason why I see it. <laughs> I think they're on the food. I think they're on the Food Network. No, they're not, because I watch the Food Network. <laughs> they, they're not going to bump Bobby Filet for, for, for <laughs> TNA. Bob, Bobby Filet has like 48 shows on the Food Network, and not one of them are about TNA. It's about <laughs> TNA catering. That's what his show's about. That's actually not a bad show, honestly. I'd actually watch that, wouldn't you? Because I mean, have, have any of you ever been interested about the catering at a wrestling show of impact not really well not of impact that's subway that's just subway they they just get like one of their <laughs> big like 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 10 foot subs and, and a plat they get a 10 foot sub and a plastic knife there's a catering in, in the subway we got some, we got some macadamia nut cookies there you go oh he, he said tna right no, macadamia nuts. Eh? He says I have it. Oatmeal raisin at best. That's it. That's what you're getting. You're getting oatmeal raisin cookies. Well, Nick, Nick Aldis gets the, the macadamia nut. That's because he smuggles them in his fucking suitcase. <laughs> He's bringing them over from the pond. <laughs> fucking jabroni, Nick Aldis. Oh, the pond. Well, it was so great over there. Why you just skip the pond? Keep your back in Damien nuts and go fuck yourself, Nick Aldis. <laughs> what do you think about that? Former NWA <laughs> champion. Ooh. Uh, you know what? How about this, Nick Aldis? I was a former NWA champion. <laughs> Where are you so went? St- I don't know. It's been a year. So was so was the late Tommy Rich. <laughs> oh, oh, poor Tommy Rich. I mean, his his reign is going to go like I mean, it's it's one of the reigns that you don't you don't never forget, and, and the guy's never going to get credit for it. You know, what was that five days? Five days. I mean, and I, I want to see his schedule, his booking sheet. Did John McAdams? ever post any of that shit like the tommy rich booking sheet for the five days that he was champion not that i've ever seen but that doesn't mean he didn't i just have never seen it well i mean what do you think it was it was probably columbus making maybe savannah atlanta and charleston so i i could probably pick the dates the towns that he was in but i'm just trying to figure out like who are the opponents you know, 
that you beat? Can you think of anybody? It wasn't one of those things where he didn't even get to, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't going to be on TV. So maybe he didn't even get to carry the belt with him. Harley just kept the belt. No, no, I got, I got like, um, I think I got one match from him. Uh, he had the belt, yeah, because he had to put, he had to put the deposit down on the belt. Um, unless, you know, why, at that point, why don't you just start getting replica belts? You know, if you're going to get a belt that, that you think is worth like $30,000, you know, with the gems and the gold and all that stuff, and you're going to put a little Tommy Rich. <laughs> Boy, you know where that belt's going to end up at. <laughs> you know, I mean, fuck. If you gave it to me, I'm not even a fucking crook. And if you gave me that belt, I'd probably pawned it. <laughs> you know, for something. But yeah, why not just give Tommy Rich a replica belt? That little Luthez belt. Well, up next on our ECW show, we have Joey Styles at ringside, and he is interviewing Stevie Richards and Raven. Um, Stevie's going on and on about how he has this this big news and everything, and essentially his big news is look at this cool winger shirt. And um, he wants he says that his girlfriend Francine needs more TV time. And uh, this is going to be the introduction officially. I mean, I know we've seen her before as his girlfriend, but I think this is the first time they've actually said her name, Francine, and introduced her um, formally, I guess. Stevie leads Joey around ringside, and finally they wind up where Francine is at. And um, Francine and Beulah <laughs> proceed to call each other names and have what well, will become many, many catfights. Well, she also calls Stevie Sweet Cheeks. Yeah. And Joey makes her repeat it because she didn't say it very well into the mic. And I think <laughs> what they were trying to do was they were trying to get the crowd to, to pick up on the Sweet Cheeks thing. To sweet get Cheeks. To You're right, dude. You're so right. To chant Sweet Cheeks at Stevie. And it didn't really, it didn't really fucking work. It didn't. It didn't it was, work because it, she didn't have the fucking cadence when she delivered it. Yeah. You know, I I heard it. I heard it, and I, I, and I was like, right when I heard "Sweet Cheeks," and I just kind of looked up, and I kind of looked for any sort of any sort of you know admiration from the people. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. did, did it get over? And then I realized, ah, oh, didn't get over. Like it just blew over their heads. But you're damn right, man. Aaron, they totally wanted Sweet Cheeks to be, to be, a to be a thing, which is so fucking bad. <laughs> it's, I mean, seriously, come on. You're in the ECW arena. You got guys that are bleeding, and you, you want the crowd to chant Sweet Cheeks. And Sweet Cheeks. <laughs> fucking awful. <laughs> so just as a as a. I love unintentional unintentional comedy. I put in, just because I wanted to see, Chad, you got me interested. I put in Google, Tommy Rich NWA title defenses. And it didn't give me shit. But what it did give me was, <laughs> it, it, what it, what it did give me was something funny. It said, people also ask, is Tyrus really the NWA champion? <laughs> is he really? <laughs> is he the champion now? Yeah. Tyrus is? Tyrus is. He goes on Fox News with the NWA championship. and yeah. yeah. Dude, how fucking dead is that title? 
he has he has worse knees now than Harley Race. He has worse knees. Have you watched that guy walk? I don't know. I I, I could have thought you said he has worse nieces. Knees like, like, than, like than Harley Race. I don't know anything yeah. about his kids. Harley Race's knees work better now than, than fucking Tyrus. That NWA so shit Tyrus, started out. Tyrus is the current NWA <laughs> champion. Yes, and he's shaped like a chicken lollipop, so I understand why his knees are the way they are. Dude, he's a bobble. He, he's a bobblehead. Yeah, he's, he's, he he's got like a big he... ass fucking head. Then he got this little neck, and then he got this big ass. I don't. Whatever. He's tired. I, I guess. I don't know. I don't, I don't book that fucking company. <laughs> then again, I don't listen to Smashing Pumpkins either. He looks Fuck. like a waterbed filled with fucking beef and noodles. <laughs> okay, beef and noodles. It's a beef yeah, and noodle waterbed. <laughs> a waterbed full of ramen. That's what he looks like. I'll take that one. All okay. right, from the from the beef and noodle NWA champion back to this ECW show. We have a promo next. It's the Pitbulls and Tommy Dreamer. Tommy put a shirt on. Um, well, did you see who was recording the fine the fight? Yeah. He was just disappointed they were both over 18. <laughs> I love you guys calling Feinstein. That's the best. It, I mean, uh, over here in the north in the in the northeast, um, and according to the uh Pennsylvania penal code, his name is Rob Feinstein. <laughs> according to the Pennsylvania penal code. Yeah. According, according to every little one we talked to. Mr. Feinstein. Yeah, he was the only one that didn't enjoy the fact that there were two hot chicks fighting. <laughs> no shit. He was too, he was too busy scouring the crowd for women's kids. Fuck him, too. Fuck him and Tyrus. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck him and Tyrus. They both go fuck themselves. Hey, you know, I had a I had an interaction with Tyrus one time on, a, on another show when... Uh, he was doing a fucking. He was doing a show, and a guy uh, that I knew asked me to ask a question to him or something. And I was at my mom's house when I when I videotaped me uh, asking the question, and it was my mom's sofa that uh, was in the background. And instead of asking the question, he he started making fun of me because of the rose petals pattern that was on my mom's sofa. He started making fun of me. Because he wouldn't, he wouldn't answer the question about how I thought he was misused in the WWE or whatever. And he's like, "So what about your mom's sofa? It's my mom's sofa. I just have it at mom's house. What's your problem? You're shaped like a sofa. So I know. Seriously, look at your fucking jaw and stuff. <laughs> you, you look like you wish you were Keith Lee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck him." <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. He, he wishes he had any of the talent of Keith Lee. Aaron, did you have any notes on the uh, the Pitbulls Tommy Dreamer promo? Um, Sounds my like only it. notes, my only notes are uh, the Pitbulls and Teddy Dreamer cut a promo. <laughs> Teddy Dreamer, because Tommy didn't wear a shirt, and he should never not wear a shirt because he has. He has tits. Like, Tommy doesn't have pecs. I, I don't want to knock the guy because 
That's from that's from him being a fucking douche, and he did steroids probably once before in his career. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not gonna fucking you're not gonna actually put water in this one. I say, but I um that's I think it's from him doing steroids once before, and then when you do steroids, you have to work out. <laughs> you can't just take steroids. And then he got bitch hits, and that's a fucking that's a um a gimmick from fucking uh. For steroids, yeah, I think he just thought he could be a lazy man, and I'll just take steroids and I'll get all jacked up and shit. But no, you get titties, you get titties, and that's what they have. It's like, tell me, buddy, put your shirt back on because you got fucking, you got Hooters, man. <laughs> thanks, thanks for the memories, Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> it's like when it's like when George Costanza first saw the Frankenstein's. I have man boobs. And Tommy's got to wear the bro. <laughs> Could you imagine if Tommy Dreamer had to wear a brassiere? Yeah, like, Tommy, and he, he rips he the shirt Tommy off. Needs a he, he tears the ECW shirt off and he's wearing a fucking... He's got support. He's wearing the bro. <laughs> I get, how awesome would that have been if Dreamer rips off the ECW shirt and he's got uh, he's got upper support <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh. Tommy Tommy definitely needed an over the shoulder boulder holder it was bad well it's not, it's not, and it, you gotta figure this is like right in prime Tommy Dreamer period so god damn it it only could have gotten worse right and you know, you ever see them motherfuckers that wear them Dolly Parton shirts? Like, I don't know why the sudden, all of a sudden, they start selling these shirts that say Dolly, and it's like a picture of Dolly Parton. <laughs> Same shirt says Tommy, and it's just two big boobs. You've never seen them? The Dolly shirts? Yeah. Well, 70s Dolly was pretty hot. But big boobs. That's all it is. You don't even see her face. It's all you see with Tommy Dreamer is two big boobs just coming to the ring. And those big boobs and those big boobs were the pit bulls. <laughs> oh, he's leading two big boobs to the ring. His 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 boobs of war. Um up next on the show, we get the return to ECW television of JT Smith as he has a match with Hack Myers. And, Should be um, good. Of course, the, the story of the match is uh, they start out wrestling, you know, a fair wrestling match, the scientific wrestling match, as they would have called it in the wrestling magazines back in the day. And JT starts to fight dirty. Um, and, um, of course, Joey talks about how he's been out with an injury and et cetera, et cetera. And he gives Hack a low blow. And this isn't the JT Smith we know. Um, any notes on the match other than that, guys? There you go. Uh, what about fucking JT jumping over the top and catching yeah, and, fucking yes, knee pad? That, well, that, that, I guess I was going to say, I should have said. And dropping directly onto his fucking face. That's just, that's, that's his gimmick. It's been his gimmick from day one, hasn't it? So that's what I was going to ask was, I'm pretty sure he did it on purpose, but I don't know if he, if he did it on purpose or if it was a, a fuck up on his point. No, I think he did it. I think that one was on purpose. Cause that that came after um what a string, probably five, six or so 
of um them them spots where as you as you'll see probably going forward if if jt's still with the company because they know he um because jt moved a bunch of times so he was in and out of the company a few times so and if this was um before the fbi then this was probably another one of his leavings whatever him going away for a while but yeah like that was his gimmick like that for some reason that guy couldn't clear the top rope yeah he uh, he, he 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 fucking head plants into the concrete on the outside and while he's dealing with his new concussion <laughs> big val puccio comes in yeah this, goes, is, your boy, this is this is the few yeah. that won't die hd big, puccio comes in and uh yeah big coochie gets involved and attacks hack which gives JT the opportunity to to uh, to do an elbow off the top rope and beat Hack Myers. And again, this is you know you're doing your subtle heel turn for JT because Joey even mentions he saw he saw that Puccio attacked Hack Myers. Well, who the fuck so, didn't see it? <laughs> who wouldn't see him? Yeah, like fucking yeah. Big Val Puccio is not sneaking up on anybody. He's not. Can you imagine that big fat slob creeping up on somebody? Dude, he's fucking five. What is he? He's 560 pounds? The guy with the falafel cart sees him coming and just closes up, starts running down the street. There's, there's hey, no chance that guy changes his clothes. No chance. He's like 500 pounds and like five foot four. No, he, no, he actually was a big dude. But just the fact that he's so fucking fat is what, is what made him look like Danny DeVito. He looks like, like a he, poop emoji. He he, he, was, he was probably about about six foot, I guess. He was yeah, I would say that about around around six foot, but you're like five hundred and sixty pounds. You know what I'm saying? I'm it's five like, foot eight and I weigh hundred and sixty pounds. He literally looks like a poop emoji. Like when he's sitting there after he gets hit with the chair and shit, and he's just like plumped down. A fucking human poop emoji, dude. I love that when they when they hit him with the chair because I was sitting there going like, "Is he going to go down? And how is he going to go down? <laughs> you know, is it going to be a flat bump? Because I'm thinking there's no chance he's taking like a good flat bump. He, and then literally he just kind of just crumbles and just fall, falls face down. And you know that fucking shit hurt because. That guy probably never been hit that hard in his entire life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and he's probably laying there, all five hundred eighty nine pounds of him laying there, holding his head, going, "That fucking shit hurt." Yeah, my my note on that says that we see footage of a match between Puccio and Broad Street Bully. Hat comes out, hits Puccio with the chair, and Puccio starts bleeding marinara sauce. Yeah, pretty much. People people start throwing mozzarella sticks at him. <laughs> he's just wiping his forehead and eating them. Fuck Val Puccio. He can't still be alive, right? He's dead like the pimples. Yeah, Puccio, Puccio is dead. We lost him. We lost him in 2011. I oh. I still can I still cannot believe he lived that long. Well, I mean, when was he born? <laughs> you don't, why can't you believe you don't even know how long he was alive? Well, I look at it. I'm, look, I'm looking at him in '95, and I'm just like, "There's no way this guy lived another <laughs> another 16 fucking years." <laughs> There's no way he lived another 16 fucking years. 
When he died, he was 45. So, damn, that's a good run. That's a that's a good that's a good run with that cholesterol. He was probably a what was he a thirty eight pound baby? <laughs> he was a couple of babies. <laughs> yeah, they just, yeah, they just put them all together like play doh. Like the doctor was like, "We think you're having twins," and then he just like walked out. Fucking <laughs> mom's vagina and was like, "Hey." hey. And, and he comes out with that big fucking long, slick, greasy ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're like, you know what? I'm sorry, man, but this kid's never going to get a... Hey, Dad, usually we have you cut the umbilical cord, but we just need you to cut the ponytail. <laughs> no, we need you. <laughs> well... <laughs> It's this better is the than first, this, is the, the cut off. this is the, this is the first time we've ever issued a sleep apnea machine to a baby. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just, you know, um, we 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 wanted the rest. Your, your fat fucking baby's been through enough. He needs to. He needs a nap. He's fucking coming out of the womb eating fucking French fries. Shit, <laughs> just. He's got he's got one of them like you know we know you know when you get like a foot long and they put it in that little cardboard thing <laughs> like with the style with the uh, silver wrapper he's 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 scooting out of the fucking cooter eating fucking <laughs> the last couple of bites of a fucking foot long yeah he fuck him too we now get a promo from Raven Stevie Richards and the Dudley Boys and they're in a dumpster. <laughs> yeah, that's right, they are. <laughs> oh, maybe they're in Al Pucho's belly. <laughs> Raven and Richards essentially cut their standard promos here. Um, and they're challenging Tommy Dreamer and the Pitbulls to an eight-man tag team match. The <clears throat> And then, of course, Dudley Dudley cuts a promo uh, essentially talking about how the, the Dudleys are, are servants to the Raven, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, go ahead, Aaron. Sorry, no. Go ahead. I was, I was gonna say Dudley. Dudley actually did a really good promo. He's I the thought. fucking only Dudley that that gave a shit. <laughs> before, before Bubba, he was the only Dudley that had talent. Before Bubba, yeah, I agree with you, Aaron. He he fucking he knew the gimmick right, and he he knew. Yeah. He knew where they were. He knew that fucking big dick was a fucking ass basket right over there, hanging <laughs> in the background. And yeah, and he he was the only one that knew, I think to this day, until Bubba came around came along, and then Bubba didn't even get it for at least five six months. But dude, that Dudley knew that gimmick, right? Mm-hmm. And this is where yeah. they plant the seed. They plant the seed for the the Big Daddy Dudley stuff too, because they talk about how Snot is out of action or what have you, and he mentions that's all right. There's plenty of Dudleys around where we're yeah, from. There's plenty of Dudleys, dude. That's a that's a great character, man. That's a great character that it's it's completely invented. Um, you know, Paul can just take a wrestler X, wrestler B, whatever. You want to be a Dudley, <laughs> you know, and. Look at him and be like, you know, 
you're going to be a Dudley. And that, that gimmick could never, never not, it never went away. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it seemingly, it could never go away if you didn't want it to because the whole thing was, what was the gimmick? The father was a Bible salesman or something. And he he was on the road going to like trailer parks and shit like that. And that's where, you know, that's where uh, um, the black one came from. Devon. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know, oh, you know, because my father was on the road as being a Chosky salesman or whatever. And that's where Devon came from. And I was like, dude, this gimmick could never die. You could make this gimmick go on and on forever. You can find a Brazilian Dudleys. You can walk down my block and find about four Dudleys. There's a Cuban Dudley, a yeah, Romanian Dudley, a Pakistanian Dudley, carpet ride Gypsy. Dudley is what we call them. Gypsy Dudley. Yeah, it's a fucking Dudley. I went over to the store just called Dudleys. So a bunch of yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I, just, I, I, I really put. My notes that I thought Dudley Dudley was like the shining star of this fucking promo, in my opinion. Yeah, he was, dude. Like that's what I'm saying. He's the only one that got the gimmick. He was definitely the only one that could talk. You know, and I don't know what the I don't know what the problem was because the other one, the other Dudley Dudley, whatever his name is, the one that left. That was Anthony Michaels, you know, after he left, I don't know, you know, I mean, I don't know what happened there. I have no idea what happened there. Uh, I, actually, I probably do. It's probably over travel. That's probably why he was gone. But you might remember him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he was probably gone over travel. So then Bradley was the guy they brought in from Florida, who probably either half paid or whatever. But he was the guy that I say that I said. He got the gimmick. He understood it. And it didn't, it just so happened they stuck him with two fucking, you know, I don't know, I guess ham bones for lack of a better word. You know what I mean? Big dick. And who was the other one? Snot at this point. Snot. I don't even know who that, who was Snot? Mm. Yeah, look it up. But uh, yeah, and then I mean, eventually, eventually, as time goes on, we're going to get dances with Dudley. And uh, sign guy, and there's another one I think other than Bubba and Devon too, isn't there? God, I can't remember. No, oh, yeah, there's a ton of them. Yeah, there was Feinstein, Dudley too. That was Diddley, Diddley, not Dudley. Oh, it was Feinstein, <laughs> Diddley. Diddley. I, I hate to, I hate to correct you, Chad, but <laughs> oh, I stay corrected with my. Yeah, they, had, they, they, they just had uh, uh, there was Chubby. Don't forget Chubby. Yeah, Chubby Dudley. Yes. Yeah, yes, they, not, just, they, not, they just not Dudley. Not Dudley was the Anthony Michaels guy. All right. Well, then then it was then it was the other ones. Because I know Anthony Michaels was actually pretty talented. He worked Smoky Mountain. He was a TV guy, but uh, I, I mean, at that point, who were the other ones? I'm gonna look it up. He's gonna look it up. All right, we'll wait. <laughs> well, while Aaron's looking it up, we have a segment here. Uh, Tommy Dreamer and the Pitbulls are with Joey Styles at ringside, discussing about they they've accepted the challenge for the eight man match or the eight person tag match, but their their partner Luna is stuck in Florida. I think they say because of a hurricane. 
But they have a different partner, and it is Cactus Jack. And Cactus cuts out and cuts a promo. You know, he makes a he makes a joke about big dick and sweet cheeks, of course, with Stevie Richards. And sweet cheeks, Daddy. But as as he goes on, he will not say anything negative about Raven. He is putting Raven over. He refuses to say anything negative about Raymond Raven. And you know. Here's where I think the misstep was in this whole promo thing, because it makes sense of seeing as what we're going to see when we see the finish that he's putting Raven over. But what I picked up on was Tommy Dreamer doesn't have good psychology because, <laughs> because his partner begins to put over his sworn rival and Tommy doesn't even give so much as an inquisitive expression about why Cactus would be saying positive things about his friend or his, his enemy. Like, wouldn't your wouldn't your psychology sense tell you that even if you're not supposed to, you would want to try to at least react to what Cactus is saying with a little bit of befuddlement? <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, especially like give like, like at least shoot him a look. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like give nothing. He's just keep yeah, get this Jack. Yeah, like look at him. Be like, you know, like you know, you could always discuss it later. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You could always. You know, like the guy's cutting the promo and he's heated, blah blah blah. blah. Then he's like, "Well, Raven does a great wrestler, or whatever." And he just gave me that look. Huh? <laughs> what? What? You would figure at some point between Scranton and um and and Piscatomy, they would have a conversation in a car. Well, what were you doing with that? What was that all about? <laughs> yeah, but Dreamer but, Dreamer gives us nothing on that psychology front. Here. That's because Tommy Dreamer's the fucking greatest wrestler of all time. <laughs> Not at all. He's got said Val Puccio yesterday. He's got two ponytails. Fucking jabroni. Aaron, did you get your uh, Dudley info up yet, or should I keep going? You got more Dudleys? Yeah. Hey, I'm right, the so, Dudley. Um, you know that? I was the here's all. Here's all the Dudley members. That There's Dudley Dudley, Big Dick Dudley, Little Snot Dudley, Dances with Dudley, Bubba Ray Dudley, Chubba, Chubby Dudley, Sign Guy Dudley, Devon Dudley, Studley Dudley, Spike Dudley. Dudley. Um, oh, that was Joe Gertner. Right. Yeah. Butch Dudley, Luke Dudley, and Lady Dudley. And I was a Dudley. They and don't Chad have Chad Boo Dudley, do they? <laughs> Chad was no, Studley Dudley. <laughs> no, I, I was I, I came with um with um He was um, near nearly Dudley. You were nearly Dudley. <laughs> I, I, no, I was near a Dudley. <laughs> That's what I, I yeah, it was me it was me and dancing with Dudley against the gangsters. I think it was against gangsters or the public enemy, something like that. Yeah, so I was a Dudley. I just thought tie dye was too passe. <laughs> yeah, I ain't down with that shit. Well, this they show us highlights of this eight man tag team match: <coughs> Raven Richards and the Dudleys against the Pitbulls, Tommy Dreamer and Cactus Jack. And of course, as usual with these matches, there's a lot going on. So I just wrote down: there's a lot going on as usual. Um, <laughs> But the finish it's great as an analyst. <laughs> There's a lot going on, as usual. Tommy Dreamer, like you said, the story. Go ahead. The, the story. The story of the match is that Cactus respects uh, Raven, and Raven at the beginning of the match talks about 
feeling cactus's pain and cactus is basically um drinking living his pain yeah and cactus is drinking the kool-aid so cactus cactus is willing to beat up big dick he's willing to beat up dudley dudley he's willing to beat up whenever ravens and he won't he won't do anything and this is more of psychology wise tommy dreamer being a fucking waterhead and not knowing what's going on manager's fucking marty funk that's <laughs> <laughs> tommy dreamer's manager yeah he's a, he's just he's like you say he's drinking the fucking kool-aid i mean that's that's pretty much the gist of any good angle when you you know when you if it involves manipulating somebody that's the you know that's how you get any good angle but it's like you got guys that are as smart as these motherfuckers, you know. And dude, you can manipulate me all you want. I don't give a fuck. I don't know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? We figure Cactus Jack and Raven are like two of the smartest guys in the business. It's going to take a lot to manipulate them. You just don't talk to them about how somebody thinks, oh, they're talking bad about you or whatever. You just don't think of them guys being easily manipulated. Yeah, you can get me to do anything. A couple of beers, shots, or whatever, you know. I'll do anything. The uh but like Aaron said here, um at the end of the at the end of the uh matchup, Tommy Dreamer gets a pile driver on Raven on the chair, but Cactus Jack attacks Raven from behind or Tommy from behind, I'm sorry. Double arm DDT. And once again, Tommy Dreamer gets pinned by Raven, this time with Cactus Jack turning on Tommy. And then a great Cactus Jack promo follows this up. Good job, Jack. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would normally let you go, Aaron, but yeah. Great, great job by by Jack, you know. Like he knew he he knows how to get stories you new know, get stuff I, over. I just love I love the, 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 the opening line of the promo. You know, I was two hours late to the show because even though I've been here before I couldn't I couldn't find my way to the arena. Yeah, you know yeah. what a great what a great fucking line. It's like I couldn't like I couldn't he, he couldn't bring himself to do like that's what he's saying. I couldn't bring myself to do what I knew I was coming there to do. Mm-hmm. You know, he, you know he knew for weeks, days, whatever it was, he was booked there, and just for him to say like I just didn't you know he he couldn't find the arena or whatever because he didn't want to be there. He knew he was going to fuck somebody up. And he was um, selling the fact that he's taking so many fucking bumps and this, that, and other thing that he can't remember shit and everything. And I don't know if they were planting the seeds now for him, like, doing the whole anti-hardcore thing yet. But it, it's getting there. You know what I mean? About him, like... Like the, uh, you guys, Kane Dewey, and you don't think I feel pain, but I feel pain. Like it, it's really good shit. Like this we, haven't, promo. we haven't had Kane Dewey yet, right? No, no but that, that's what I'm saying. It's like I don't know if if it's just happenstance that it rolls into it, or if Paul was doing some long term booking shit in his mind of like what he was doing with Mick. All right, let like me ask you, Aaron. What do you think? Like, what, what what do you think? Honestly, do you think that was already something that was talked about? 
Or do you think that was something that may have been sprung or spun after the fact? You know what I mean? I think it was after the fact. You think you thought about it I after think it was, that promo? Yeah. I think it was, oh, shit, look how good this guy. Like, I knew Paulie. Paulie knew how good Mick was when he brought him in. But I think once that promo hit, it was like, okay, now we can keep going forward with this. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then Jack out of nowhere brings in Dewey. <laughs> and then he's like, and then Paul's like, you know what? All right, cool. Let's go with it, right? Yeah. Well, let's go with it. All right. Yeah, that's cool, man. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't really have an opinion because I never really thought about it. But yeah, that's why I asked you what you thought. But yeah, I make you make you make a lot of sense, and you you probably you're probably right. And uh, yeah, the um, the gist of this is. Um... You know, Jack goes through his injuries. He goes through how his best friend Shane Douglas betrayed him and left ECW. And he's in a lot of pain. And the only person that understands his pain is Raven. And there's the punchline right there. You know, you got, he got to, he got, it's what Jack does with a promo. He got to the fucking point. And you never think, oh, he's rambling. You never think, oh, he made a mistake there. Cause even if he makes a mistake, it sounds like he was supposed to make the mistake. Right. I mean, one of the great promo guys of all time. It's a ta- tapestry. Like all of his promos are like a tapestry. It's like it, it all just or like a. a fucking he has beer. Story. <laughs> no, it's like, like, like this part is going to tell this part, and then it works into this, and it, and it comes down to the end. It, it and when you're hearing it, it seems incoherent. But by the time he's done with it, you're like, "Holy shit, that was that was a fucking well." Art. That's because that's because Mick Foley is not like a lot of people in the wrestling business. He connects the dots, <laughs> you know. He connects the dots. WWE leaves you like, I don't know, pick an angle. You can find you can poke holes in in in, in all their storyline stuff, but Cactus tells you. This is why this is going on because that's his job. I mean, that's his livelihood considering he wasn't under contract by anybody at that point, you know? Right. Probably not Titan at the, t- at the time. So he was making sure that his shit was, I'm staying over. You exactly. Know? I'm it's, gonna it's, get over. It's, it says Mick Foley on the 1099. <laughs> yeah. You, you ain't, you, you, you guys understand what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's connecting the dots because he's not going to fucking go do any bullshit half-ass, you know, outlaw macho stuff. And have you know, I'm sure he did, but not nothing on the level of ECW. So overall, guys, I know we, I know we veered off the path a few times when we were discussing this episode, but um, overall, what did we think of this episode of ECW? I, I, I gave it a B minus. I mean, it's you know, it, it's advancing things in the right direction. We're starting to get some layered storyline telling. Yeah, I yeah, totally agree, B-plus. man. I mean, um, I mean, you know, I'm a constant, I'm a constant C guy. Always constant C because I just can't wait for that A, that A show, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold out and just keep giving everybody B's and B minuses and stuff like that. It's always gonna be a C for me, but this was a solid C plus in my opinion. It's 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 probably one of the better shows than than I 
given a review for, you know, mm-hmm. or at least a rating for I've given. What about you, donkey? B plus. All right, there you go. See, that's fair. So we're all in, we're all basically in the same ballpark. It was a good show, and and we all can agree that ECW has definitely got better things on the horizon. Yes, we we can't. We've now driven far enough. We can no longer see Cabrini behind us. <laughs> it's, the, it's the death of Val Puccio is coming up. Are we doing a show about that by any chance? What's what's crazy to me is Val Puccio actually outlived ECW. Yeah, that's that's they outlived. Oh, I I, I outlived him. Right. Dude, I'm one of a fucking lot of motherfuckers. I I've squashed a lot of people's Deadpool's. I got <laughs> I got friends like twice a week that will text me that I fucking that I've outlived like the Deadpool's. I didn't know I was even on anybody's Deadpool's. You know, well, Val Valpuccio probably emptied a lot of local pools. Oh, totally, dude. Can you imagine? Could you imagine a cannonball by that fucking motherfucker or going come, down, going down the slide? And you got Big Guido like fucking being his front man, clearing all the little kids out of the way. Yeah. And then here comes it's Big like Valpuccio. It's like a white Norbit. Him walking into a buffet—it's got to be fucking um, yes. on site. Like, oh, we're going out of business. Yeah, you got you got cooks. You got nobody that speaks English. All yelling. It makes me. Oh, no, it no. makes me. It makes me think no of. Bueno. of uh, it makes me think of John Panette when he talks about going to the all-you-can-eat Chinese place, and the guy's like, "You've been here four hours. You go now." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's his third time that day. Cause they have like they have like the buffet from like twelve to four, so it comes from twelve to four, and then he had the dinner buffet from like six to like nine. So then he goes home, and then he goes back. Wait, doesn't he doesn't even go home? He just he just sleeps in the. He goes lot. to the other buffet, the one that's open while they're fucking closed. Or he sleeps in the parking lot. Oh, I can totally see that. He, he's got to have sleep apnea. Somebody that big, fat, and pathetic has got to have sleep apnea. <laughs> he has to. Like, he, can just, he can just fall asleep with a grilled, with a, with a cheesesteak in his hand uh, while, he's, while he's sitting in his big ass, like Caprice. His classic Caprice, you know. Because, you know, he's not driving a fucking Ford Fiesta. <laughs> he, ain't he ain't driving one of them. He's got one of them old police cars, you know. And he's got a... He's got, cheesesteak stains on his fucking lapels. You know he don't change his clothes. No chance. Like, he's so fat, somebody's probably got to wipe his ass. <laughs> Whose job is that? Hunter <laughs> Q. Robbins. Oh, is that what he's doing? He's Hunter he, uh, Q. Robbins is wiping Val Puccio's <laughs> ass? Yeah. Well, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I found the one thing that smells worse than my breath. It's about <laughs> Hey, what about Stevie Wonderful? What is he doing? Or Jay Sully? Jay Sully wipes. <laughs> there you go. There's a product right there. Sully and, uh, Sully, and, Sully and Puccio can bond over the fact that they're both sweating so much. I, would think, I, I think... Sully would be a drinking buddy of Poochie. 
He wouldn't be. He wouldn't be wiping. I think it's Hunter Q. Yeah, Hunter Q stinks. Um, I don't really. I don't know. I mean, literally, Hunter Q smells. I don't know about um about Jay Zoli. But he's he stunk as an announcer, and he stunk at doing his job, and whatever. At least he didn't smell in public, like Hunter Q. God, he smelled like old coffee. <laughs> God, I mean that's what he smelled like. He smelled like old arabica beans. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna sign off. Any parting, any parting words, Aaron, Chad? Any parting words for our listeners this week? Hey, dude, we got. We, don't, 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 don't sell us short there, uh, Mister Nate. Why don't you tell the listeners how far we have come as a podcast? Who are we beating? Where are we at on the Apple rankings? Come on! Oh, yes, yes. What yes. a number for chance. I did, I did put in our Facebook group a couple of weeks ago. We beat we beat Ryback's dumbass. <laughs> we were one seventeen. He was one eighteen. the The podcast rankings go up and down. Um, we're always in. On you can only see the rankings from Apple. You can't see like Spotify or anything. But on the rankings for Apple, we are generally we're generally in the top two hundred. We have peaked. Our peak position was eighty eight. There was a week. Yeah, I, I, I remember when we broke the top hundred <laughs> before, but just the fact that you sent that screenshot out about us and it and right back. Um, I don't know who was who was ahead of us. I have to go back and look and laugh at that one. Probably who was a uh, you know ahead of us. But the fact that we beat Ryback was classic. <laughs> it, it's all because of our fucking our great our great listeners. We don't do this shit um, because we 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 want to talk to each other. Wink, wink. <laughs> uh, we we do this shit, you know, to put out a good show, and the people, and when the people um, respond, they respond, and 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 we're very appreciative of all that, you know. We wouldn't still be doing this if nobody if nobody listened. No, Fuck, exactly. We were when mute. <laughs> 597th on, on the on the list or whatever, we'd probably be questioning, all right, why are we still doing this? Why are we still doing this? But we're we're, we're making great strides and 118 it, that's not that ain't nothing. I I would celebrate that. I, I did. I mean, I also celebrated the fact that I got up today. But <laughs> that's, that's that's the sox fact. But um but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's not you know. I mean, who's who's above us? There's Meltzer, there's Cornette, but there's you know Matt Hardy, a bunch you know other wrestling people like that. Fuck yeah, fuck nobody knows who either one of us are. <laughs> but us to be the hundred and eighteenth in my book, that's a that's a that's a win win. Yeah, and and the uh, the other thing is, and and again, it's you know you take baby steps, but it's like we've discussed before, podcasting is not an exact science, and. It's not. It's not. It's not something anybody except, say, Jim Cornette or Brian Last are going to make a living off of. But um, it is like Chad said. It's nice to know that people are listening. It's nice to know we're entertaining you. Because again, why else would we do this? <laughs> you know. And also, there is stuff that um, that 
doesn't make every episode like some of the conversations that we have before we start or some of the conversations we have after we're done we have a patreon page now you can go to patreon.com backslash reliving the extreme and for five bucks a month you can get the unedited video and audio versions of the show um, i want to start doing some bonus shows for patreon there's actually a tier on there where if you wanted to, you could come join us, Three Stooges, and be a co-host periodically. Right on. I, I, I totally agree because, I mean, when, when, when you when you say that Patreon thing, the first thing everybody thinks of is, all right, we want a handout. Right. Or, yeah. you know, we want your, no, that's not what we're asking for. It's that money helps us make the show better. That, that money goes into to research, um, you know, and other other forms of stuff you know sometimes these guests aren't free that we get on on the show you know so the patreon it's not like we're just like this is like our job you know what i mean right yeah i mean hell i pay for the stream yard thing i pay 50 bucks a month out of my pocket for it see there you go you get you gotta get 10 of you right yes you know it's a this is a money losing proposition but we do it because we love wrestling and it's entertaining and we have fun doing it, obviously. And we like entertaining you all. Yeah, there's no chance I'm just going to pull up on the podcast driving a new Cadillac like I'm fucking uh, <laughs> the dude from Goodfellas after the Latanza heist. And Miss Jess get out of the car. Yeah, listen, I got I got podcast money. Would you look at this? I told you don't buy anything. You're jumping into the pool. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not Murray. Yeah, but but yeah, I, it, it's it's a great thing. Nate's gonna show up hitting you with a fucking phone. And I'm just <laughs> laughing my ass off. <laughs> Give me my money. <laughs> yeah, but but like you said, stop. Because I feel if it was, I feel if we were good fellas, I just you would be. Yeah, and you're Joe Pesci me? and Nate's. Fuck it. Yeah, you're Joe Pesci and Nate's. Fucking uh, Robert De Niro. Nate's Robert De Niro. Well, who's yeah. Paulie? Archie Mitchell. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not going to be in that fucking family. <laughs> Archie Mitchell. <laughs> Archie Mitchell is played by Paul Sorvino. <laughs> oh my god! And who who who'd you say I was? I'm Tommy. No, I'm Joe Pesci. No, no, no. I'm Ray Liotta. You're Tommy. Oh, so I get fucking whacked walking into my wrestling room. Yeah. <laughs> I get hit over the head with a, a Best of Tommy Dreamer tape. Yeah, That's but I feel like I'm just laughing my ass off of you guys. You know All I mean? right. Well, I disagree, but whatever. You can, you, you, you can be fucking Tommy all day or Ray Liotta all you want. Yeah, I'm, ha- I'm totally in. There's no way. Well, who's Janice Rossi? Is that Kendall? <laughs> I'll, a- I'll ask her. I'll ask her. She's going to go, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. See, I-, I don't know if you have a girlfriend or anything, Aaron. And I'm not throwing my wife under no. the bus on this one. So I just, Kendall's the only one that I knew. With Nate. <laughs> if there was another person, if there was another lady involved with Nate, she definitely would. She'd be like, "You fucking whore!" And five days, come talk to me. Like, yeah, she would definitely be that chick. <laughs> you have a whore living in the twenty-six hundred arena. 
Is this the superintendent? <laughs> Maxit. <laughs> Aaron. Have a great week, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs>